and welcome to another episode of Aphantasia Experiments. I'm really excited to have you here. I have a lot to talk about. Um, well, maybe not that much. I actually only have three points written down, but I feel like they're going to steamroll into other points. And I feel like I had to, absolutely had to get this out before I travel. I'm leaving for Vegas very soon. It is my 40th birthday this weekend. So that's right. I'm going to party. Um, my husband surprised me with a trip. I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, it's been a time away in a while. So I look forward to it. And I also know that every time I travel, it doesn't matter where to, there's always something that happens or something that doesn't happen, or like a, a crazy dream or an experience that usually changes me at a soul level. So I'm excited. I never know what it is, probably till years later or months later. Uh, sometimes in the moment, sometimes I'll have some crazy dream or something, but uh, I do find that travel is something that uh, changes me uh, in, in good ways, in great ways. I mean, I think all change is, is growth, right? So, let's get talking. I'm excited. Uh, I just finished reading a book. Oh, my gosh. I do this every single time. And I actually want to talk a bit on, like, my memory and how it works. And uh, But I'll get into that, hopefully, if I remember, <laughs> uh, after I talk about the book. The thing that I'm annoyed with right now is that I didn't write down the author's name. I know her name is Jill, Dr. Jill something rather. The book is called My Stroke of Insight. Um, Jill is a neuroscientist, a brain scientist, a brain, a PhD in brain stuff. Again, I'm not very good at remembering that kind of information, but she's very sciencey, very brainy, knows a lot about brains. She suffered a stroke, and in this book she documented the entire thing um, from like the moments well, actually, from her family dynamic and her upbringing before it happened to the actual waking up with the headache and everything that happened after, to all the weird things that happened to her energy body and, and her sense of self and that, that sort of thing. It was absolutely fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. Um, I'm going to slow it down because I know I'm talking really fast because I'm so excited about this book. And I actually wanted to uh, get ready as I talked because I have to fly to Vegas in a couple hours and I needed to get this done. So um, what stood out to me about this book was when she had the stroke, so she was very, she was a doctor, scientist, creative too. She was, she was the traveling brain something or other. She went around tra traveling trying to get people to sign up to donate their brains if they uh, died, like an organ donation, but brain for brain science research. And she would like sing songs and stuff. Uh, so she had like a creative creativity to her, but she was mostly like science-based, right? Um, not that you can't be creative and science-based. I don't know why I said that. Point is, she's a very academic, very smart, intellectual, left brain thinker, okay? Painting the picture of who she was before. After the stroke, the left brain abilities went away and she was left with her right brain um, stuff. And what she noticed was that she could 
feel the energy of people. And she talked about how the nurses, there would be nurses that came in with a positive energy and she would feel better after being looked after by these nurses. They would spend time with her, go slow with her, be patient with her, be kind. I might have said kind already. I don't know. But they would just be compassionate and they would bring this positive energy, this light to them, right? And then there's the negative people. And we all have these negative people in our lives. But it, it's exceptionally just awful when there's these negative energies in healthcare because people's recovery is it, directly impacted by this this sort of energy. So she talked about how she could feel those energies. And that was because her left brain was impaired. So it's kind of crazy to think about. But uh, I've always been able to feel people's energies. And it's something that is hard to talk about because I know that most people don't have that ability. So for her to talk so like clearly about what happens to me when I enter a room or like when someone enters a room that has a bad vibe, that has a bad whatever, feeling to them or, or they feel sad or stressed, I, I take that on. And she talks about that in the book about how when she had the stroke, those those abilities were completely amplified and she could feel things and she felt like she was part of one consciousness. She talks about how when we're in our bodies and we're 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 solid. Okay, when we're like our regular brain, our both hemispheres are working, we're mostly left dominant. We're in our body, we're solid. She talks about how when her left brain went off, she felt more like a liquid, like she was part of this bigger picture, this, like this fluid consciousness. And it's something I talk about all the time, that we're all kind of one, we're all connected. Um, we're all energy, right? And she felt part of that. And she was worried as she went through her recovery process as her left brain functions became... Um, more online. I, I don't. I think the cells are dead, and then this is my understanding. I might be wrong here because I'm not good at relaying this information. But I think the the function that was on the left side travels to another part, like goes to the right side, and they develop the function on that side. I, I'm not positive how it works, but um, she was able to regain all of her abilities. She says she's fully recovered now, um, or mostly fully recovered. I think that. As you recover more, you're like, oh, I didn't remember I couldn't do this. I think one of the things she said was that she hopes to, or maybe she did accomplish this. She wants to go go up two stairs at a time. I don't know why that's important, but we all have our weird goals, you know, and that was something that she thought about. So she wanted to get to that point. I'm not sure if she's there yet. But she went from thinking numbers were just squiggles to be able to do math. I think she said she still struggles with division, but... Uh, incredible leaps and bounds. And she said, I think that, and I don't know when this book was published, it was probably a few years ago. I think that um, they used to say, like, you haven't gotten um, all your cognitive abilities back by six months, but you probably won't get them back. She talks about how it took her eight years to get a lot of the stuff back. And she goes through each year and what, what she got back in each year. It's absolutely fascinating. From, like, a spiritual perspective, it is not a spiritual book, but it talks about the consciousness and the oneness that she feels when her left brain turns off, which is the brain that, like, keeps us structured and keeps us going in the linear motion that is life and, like, just being kind of boxed into our, our the shell of our bodies, you know? And, and it talks about how this, like, right brain exploration made her feel, 
fun and feel joy and feel happiness and just feel at peace, you know? And I, I think, man, wouldn't it be nice if both of our brains were turned on like that, that they could work together? And I think about, like, science and spirituality and how they're, they, they do almost the same thing, but they come at it in a completely different way and they combat each other almost. We gotta kind of meet in the middle and work together. Um, okay, that went on a tangent. Where did my thing go? So I wanted to talk about the energy. That was really important. Um, and how the left brain, uh, once it was off, all this other stuff started happening. And I talked about that. I highly recommend this book. Um, the next thing I wanted to talk about, I think we started talking about this. Oh, actually, before I finish, about the book. So on my last podcast, I talked about this dye I got in my eye and how I wore a eye patch and I was watching TV and pixelated pixels started forming. And eventually those pixels started, started to form into the image that I was seeing in my left eye. Um, I talk about it more on the other podcast. I won't go into too much detail, but I find it so, okay, I find it so magical when something happens in your life and then like two days later you read about it in a book. And it's a book that has nothing to do with, you know, visualizing or like it just, it's for me. So as I'm reading this Stroke of Insight book, she talks about, because she's talking about the right and left brain hemisphere and she talks about how if you cover one eye or if you go blind in one eye I forget um, your the eye that's impaired will start stealing information from the other eye or from the other side of the brain I'm not entirely sure and it starts forming pixels well this is what's happening to me so I'm like would you think if stroke victims can train their brains to like put information somewhere else in their mind like train their brain to do something, do you think that people with aphantasia would be able to train their brain into being able to visualize? Possibly by like looking at something with one eye covered, you know, to try to train the brain to like form those images into pixels with, with the other eye covered? Does that make sense? I'm gonna I'm gonna do some experiments and see if I have, I have any luck with it. I will I will report back, but uh if you have any time to wear an eye patch one night while watching TV or looking at something you're reading or something, just report back and let me know if you have any um, experiences with that. Because I'm like, wouldn't it be wouldn't it be really cool to just train train your brain? Um, what else? Um, something that's been coming up a lot for me, and it's come at me in various ways, like just people talking about it and uh, the like reading it in books, reading it on podcasts. And I feel like it's such an important thing to talk about is, and it's not anything to do with what I was just talking about, it's very much a side note, but you know what? Side note's a part of life. So, post-traumatic stress. Anytime you have stress in your life, we have a post-traumatic period, okay? People with Aphantasia are supposed to have less post-traumatic stress sometimes because we can't visualize, so we can't replay the thing in our mind. I don't know if I completely, like, am on board with that. I 
remember emotions very strongly and a feeling, and that is very impactful for me. So if I've gone through a very stressful experience, I will replay that feeling over and over again. And that feeling can get stuck in your body, and you know, it's important to release it. And I think it's important to take your post-traumatic stress and make it post-traumatic growth. Um, and that's kind of what I wanted to say was there are ways you don't have to live your entire life being in the post-traumatic stress phase. Um, I think that we go through things in life, bad things, hard things, uh, easy things, sad things. I think it's all part of something bigger. And the more you talk about the, the stuff that's hard, the stuff that you're you're in the post-traumatic stress zone about, the more you talk about it, the more you tell your story, the more you're able to process it, the more other people are able to process it as well because they have their own stuff and listening to other people's stories helps them process their own stuff. There's a whole science behind storytelling. So it's important to tell your story so that you can get to this point of post-traumatic growth. And post-traumatic growth is like when you can tell your story and look back and be able to reflect on the on on the situation that happened and see the positive, see the things that happened to change you and to help you grow as a person, that's growth. We cannot go through our entire life without being damaged, hurt, attacked, without losing people. We can't. It's impossible. And life isn't supposed to be sunshine and lollipops all the time. Those moments that, that impact us, that hurt us, they're the ones that crack us open to new abilities or crack us open to new experiences, meeting different people, changing our habits. They're important, and it sucks, but they, they're important. And, and I really think it's, it's important that we, like, look at stress as something that we can tackle, something that we can work through, something that we can talk about openly so we can get past the str- post-traumatic stress and get to the growth. It's so important. So this is my, like, call out to people to just share your story. You don't have to share it with me. Share it with your neighbor. Share it with your friend. Um, because you never know what they're going through and what they want to share with you and what they will learn from your story and what you will learn about yourself by telling your story. So with that being said, I feel like that's, that's a random tangent and that I probably could end there. Is there anything else I wanted to say? Um, my notes somehow disappeared. No, it went away. Okay. Yeah, I was going in about the importance of storytelling. I'm pretty sure I talked about that on the last podcast. I was reading a book, and I was talking about the importance of storytelling. It's so important, and um, I read an insane amount of books. I love to read, and I love to, like, recommend books to people, and I'm thinking, I'm toying around with the idea, but I have ADHD, and I toy around with a lot of ideas, so if you think this is a good idea, and you'd like to see this, holler at me and let me know. Because I read so many books, and I have so many book recommendations, 
Uh, and I started this on my website where I have book recommendations. I have like three up there because it takes a while. Um, I'm debating starting my own like online bookstore. But what would happen is you would go to the website and there would be like a roadmap, um, like a questionnaire to take you on like a, a guided journey of, of spirituality and consciousness exploration and just self-discovery because there's so many you can go so far down the rabbit hole and you can you could go from like learning how to communicate um with loved ones on the other side through signs or you know talking to the universe to you know believing you're an alien and uh communicating with that animal like there's so many different paths you can go down and none of them are like wrong and none of them are you know better than others or whatever there's just so many it goes so deep, and there's so much to learn about. And I know I just scratched the surface, um, but I'd love to like share uh, because I feel like I have so much knowledge because of I, I read so many different types of books. Um, I'd love to start like a book community where people, other people who are, you know, on a journey like this, can share what they've learned and share book recommendations and kind of have them all sorted in this way that it can take you on this journey. Um, and you, you kind of like tell by answering your questions what, what part of your path you're on, you know? Um, so you're not like scared off. Cause if you pick up, pick up the wrong book that your spiritual journey, like at about something spiritual, it could throw you off, you know? I start talking about energy healing and my husband just goes out to lunch because he doesn't understand it. But he, if he were to read something, scientific somewhere like he might he needs to take the baby steps to get there right and I think that so many people do right so I feel like some sort of roadmap journey bookstore I don't know came to me in the shower today what do you think about that idea I don't have the energy to do it currently but I do have a lot of books in my mind that I want to recommend that recommend recommend Sorry, recommend sounded like a weird word there. Recommend. <laughs> we were just watching a show last night where the guy, one of the guys was saying, have you ever said a word and it just sounds weird? And this happens to me all the time and it's happened to me like four times today. I say a word and I'm like, that just sounds weird. And it's a word he said was daughter. 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 And it does. It sounds weird. I feel like any word with a GH in it, like, what What were we thinking? I don't know. Um, anyways, I'm going to go. I was planning on doing my makeup, and I literally put two dots on my face and did nothing this entire time. So I need to stop podcasting because I cannot double tap. Oh, yeah. I want to tie back to a lot the thing at the beginning of the podcast about my brain and how it works and how... I receive so much information, and I, I have it all stored in my brain, and I try to relay that information in, like, a storytelling. I try to tell a story, but I'm not always good at remembering names. I'm not always good at remembering the exact stuff, but I want – I don't want that to uh, – it's just the way my brain works. I want everyone to, like, listen to what I say and go read the book. Be like, oh, Robin said that this book – had this interesting story in it. She might not have said it 100% accurately because it's really hard for me to remember entire details, like a game of telephone. 
the majority of the stuff I say is probably 99.9%. But, uh, again, like, I forget the person's author's last name. That's terrible. Anyway, I often wonder, I don't actually often wonder, but now after reading this book, I wonder if, and don't take this the wrong way, Aphantasia community, what if we had some sort of stroke when we were babies or something? And maybe this isn't for everyone, but I know there's a lot of people that follow this podcast, that listen to this podcast, that have similar feelings about energy and spirituality and just being connected and just having this, like, knowingness. I have a lot of people reach out to me being like, oh, my gosh, you know, I've never uh, known anyone to experience life the same way that I do. And so I know I'm not the only one here. I wonder, like, what if something happened to our brain, like a, a hemorrhage or something that we don't know about because why would you get a brain scan if we're seemingly normal as babies that impaired our ability to visualize but enhanced our ability to feel energy or or understand things in a different way. I know that not everyone has this. My husband is also has aphantasia and does not have the ability to feel energy or perhaps he did and at some point in his life he blocked it off completely because I think that we do that sometimes. But he also has enhanced other abilities. He's very, his organizational skills and his like, it's like he has a photographic memory of the photograph. So I don't know, like I feel, what if something happened to our brain that we are just completely unaware of because we don't look like typical stroke victims as newborn babies, you know? Just something to think about. How would we ever know the answer to that? I don't know. Tell me, tell me, are you a brain scientist? Come, tell me. Examine my brain to any brain scientist out there, neurologist, whatever you, whatever people who do, do brain scans, whatever you're called, those guys, I will be your guinea pig. I would love you to study my brain and tell me what is up because something, something is up and uh, I want to get to the bottom of it and I want to share it with my, my aphantasia community who also wants to know what's up. There's a growing demand to know what is going on in the minds of people with aphantasia. So if you listen to this and you know the answer, you let me know. My email address is realfocreative at gmail.com. You can also go to my website, aphantasiaexperiments.com, and there's a bunch of contact information there, like forms you can fill out to tell me your amazing stories. Also, you know, my email's listed there, too, if you don't feel like listening and writing stuff down. But then you got to write down the website, too. Man, life is difficult. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, man. I hope, I hope you reach out, and I hope you have a great day, and I hope more than anything, guys, I mean, maybe not more than anything, you all take a moment on Saturday, February 17th, my birthday, and you send me so much positive energy and gambling winning vibes because I probably I don't think I'm going to gamble much in Vegas, but I will on my birthday and I want to win big and I will share it with you, but I won't actually, but I'll share the love on my podcast with you and maybe I'll buy a better headphone if I do. So let's go. First time I ever went to casino, I won $1,200. Fun fact, it was like an episode of Full House. I was 17. I was too young to be at the casino. It was in Quebec. They did not ID me. And somehow I walked out of there 
with $1,200. Bada bing, bada boom, amazing day. And I haven't really lost the team since. I'm a fairly lucky person. But this time, I want to bake. I want to win. Let's go. What do you, you, you want to win? $42 million? All right, let's go. If you guys send me the energy, it'll happen. So let's go. $42 million. I will definitely share it with you if I get $42 million. Okay. Uh, have a great day.